0: Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up, a conversation with Bina Goldenberg. She's the newly appointed CEO of Organogram, a Canadian licensed producer based in Moncton, New Brunswick. We wanted to connect with her to hear her perspective on the Canadian industry right now on the consolidation trend we're seeing in cannabis, and how her previous experience in cannabis and health products provides valuable perspective. Vina, thank you for making time. This is exciting. No problem. I'm glad to be here. Well, you've been busy. Uh, this is not your first go-round in the cannabis sector, but talk a little bit about your background in the sector and what makes it so exciting to be joining Organogram right now.
1: Sure. So uh, first of all, um, I've been in the sector for about a year and a half. So I don't have a ton of tenure in the sector. And and I learned a lot when I got started a year and a half ago about the category, about the industry. Um, And it's a fascinating time to be part of an industry that's just starting to grow and build. And you don't get this kind of opportunity uh, very often. So, um, you know, it's The industry, um, and for me, um, what attracted me to to Organigram and why I was really excited was, over the time that I was in the space, I was watching OGI, part of the top ten big LPs and and great portfolio products, and I heard wonderful things about their uh, facility out of Moncton, and uh, you know, luckily I had a chance to go see it last week. And was quite impressed by it. So uh, great facility, uh, great business. But what really attracted me to OGI was uh, the recent uh, strategic investment by BAT. I think all of a sudden there's a focus on not not just about growing cannabis today, but about the future of where this category is going, Um, really a focus that OGI has on innovation. Um, even before the BAT uh, deal, I mean, they had, you know, nano emulsification, they had uh, biosynthesis work with their uh, um, investment in hyacinth. So there's always been this focus on innovation. And I do think it, it with this investment injection of funds by uh, BAT and they focus on this product uh, development collaboration, great opportunity. I'm really excited about that. Um, And I think, um, you know, there's been some recent additions to the team here, um, even before I joined OGI, um, you know, a new VP of Marketing and VP of of Innovation. So um, both with talent, uh, with experience in the cannabis industry, brought them in, so that's great, but a great VP of Operations who's really driving continuous improvement in the facility, and that will help us drive uh, gross margin improvements. So I, I see already on shares we're seeing the revenue line going up, but gross margin improvement is also important. I'm I'm really excited about uh, you know combining those with with the innovation focus.
0: It's it, I mean it's, and I think we spend a lot of time because now we're viewed as more a mature market, but it's still so so really does. And even even you saying you've been a year and a half, it's like oh that's like. It's like a million years, you've been in it a decade, but it is because we're, because we're in it every day, we see it every day, but we realize like when you zoom out and you think about other sectors, like the ones you've come from, like we're so early days that the market isn't right size, the companies providing the products, the innovation, all those things are really sort of ahead as opposed to behind. It's just sometimes difficult to sort of get that perspective when you're in it day to day, I think.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so talk a little bit about that because you talked about innovation and um, we've seen, uh, maybe I want to get your sense of sort of where we are. Like there's been this wave of consolidation. Well, a wave of consolidation, but also investments from sort of outside industries like the BATs, right, um, investment. Like, do you think this is sort of the trend that like in Canada, certainly we're right-sized in the market. We can project where we're going to be. There is continuous growth, but you know, you could see in Ontario, some areas are now saturated with retail, whereas a year or a year and a half ago, they absolutely were not. Um, uh, in other parts of the country, that ramp up is happening. We could see that and maybe project. Like, is that how you're viewing it, that you know, we can project at some point, we will see sort of a leveling off of the sort of upswing, but we will have a steady state of retail where the LPs are selling it and consumers are sort of finding where they have their products? Is that sort of how yeah. you're viewing the lens now?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we might feel like it's long, but you know, legalization happened less than three years ago right so um, it's still pretty uh, it's it's still pretty much in its infancy there has been a lot of M um, uh, a going on and smaller guys, uh, being bought out. But the truth is, I, I think I recently read a report done by Tammy Chen that, that the top five LPs a year ago had 50% of the market and now they have less than 40%, right? There's still fragmentation despite the MA. There's still too many players. I think Health Canada has licensed 700 producers. So um, there's going to be more shakeout. There's going to be shakeout in the licensed producer side. And certainly, as you just mentioned, in the retail side, highly fragmented retail. Um, and, and it, you know, not all of them are going to make it because it's oversaturated. And there's going to be chains because there's benefit of chains in data collection and loyalty programs and just being able buying power. There's just uh, opportunity on both sides. Um, I think what's going to change in, uh, over time, like there was a lot of uh, um, M&A back in 1819, and it wasn't very sophisticated, and a lot of those activities didn't pay back. I think the more recent acquisitions are really based a little bit more strategic, you know, filling gaps in a portfolio or f- filling regional gaps, so more strategic thinking. Um, the watch out I will always give is I don't believe in acquisitions purely for market share because if you have that product, you're going to cannibalize yourself, and it's going to be a tough one to pay back. Um, but m and is going to happen, and I think the recent blip that has happened in the last six months has come from companies, the larger LPs, saying, I think legalization in the U.S. Is, hap- is going to happen soon. And so I want to right my ship at home, strengthen my platform off of which I could turn my focus to the U.S. I think that was their motivation. I'm not sure US legalization is happening as quickly as some people think. It's gonna take time. And I think what OGI has is this great opportunity to take that time, win at home, strengthen our position at home, and yet focus on this development of the innovation, development of novel products, which will lead the way into how to open up the US market for us down the road.
0: Yeah, and it is that novel products part of the innovation that I think is, much of it is ahead, right? Much of the products that we've seen on shelves not to come from the legacy market, but but are are cousins of the legacy market that are people bring in, and you know even over the past year the sort of you know the concentrates the shatters like all those things coming to the market. But now we're really seeing sort of this wave of just products we never knew could exist, right? Like you know, and that is someone just I mean someone just sent me a note there in California for Hall of Flowers, and they picked up um, sh- infused shrimp chips. Like I'm not sure the shrimp chip market is going to be huge, but the idea that like <laughs> you know, these types of products are coming, you know, on the time horizon, I don't know, but like that—that that is coming and consumers will find what they like and there'll be this whole pan, you know, whole array. Absolutely, and
1: I, and I think there's another thing that will happen over time as the market matures. I think, you know, a year ago, the focus was all about highest THC, lowest price. Um, and that was really driven by this migration of consumers from the illicit market into the legal market. I think that over time, it's going to be about the experience. Terpenes are going to matter more. Terpenes are going to be on the label. It's aroma and flavor. And you're going to get this. There will always be the value shopper, but you're going to get the shopper that's looking for the great experience. That's going to want to pay more. It's not necessarily highest THC. So there's a nuance that's going to happen as they get more educated. Um, but I think also we're going to see more things with the rare rarer cannabinoids. We're going to see the CBNs and CBGs and those incorporated and the whole wellness focus. Like if there's anything for me, I'd love to see regulations on CBD open up, a change where you could get CBD in the natural channel or in the pharmacies because... I think there's a whole consumer base that won't shop in the cannabis retail and it's and from a wellness standpoint they're interested in CBD. And I saw this when I was over at Hain in the health and wellness space and it's just regulations have to catch up.
0: Yeah, and we've seen some of that in the states that I means, you know, some places you can get CBD and like the the gas station on the side of the road, but I but I also think sort of hearing from retailers now, cannabis retailers now, many of the questions they are fielding are not about where do I get a medical authorization or even where are the best rec products on the shelves? But it's somewhere in this middle of like health and wellness and health Canada is looking at cannabis health products. But, but to your mind, like assuming at some point those regulations happen, that must be a, that's a big market to fill of course, but also the logistics and like how to get that to market will take seasoned you know, operations people, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. You know what? It's actually, you know, of course, since I spent most of my career in the consumer packaged goods space and, and 15 years in the health and wellness space, it's an exciting opportunity. Um, It really isn't, as challenging. There's lots of players and I think lots of strategic partnerships that could come, Who guys who know how to play in that space. So bringing in the quality of products and education that I think we as part of the cannabis industry could bring and leveraging the the supply chains that they have and the access to um, really more developed retail channel. Uh, But I, you know, I think over time the consumer, there's gotta be education of the consumer. There's gonna be more brand loyalty, brand development. It's gonna continue to evolve into truly a consumer packaged good.
0: Yeah, and I think that's all for the better for the industry overall. More importantly, maybe it's better for the consumers because they'll have more options, more choices, more companies serving their specific needs, you know, as a as opposed to highest CHC, you know, in store, come in, talk to a bud because while there are many cannabis consumers right now, most, I think, you know, that 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 is their experience. I think the the world is open to lots more opportunity. You know,
1: Absolutely. I don't think we've even touched the surface of the new uh, cannabis user, but the novice user and and get getting them on board, getting them comfortable, understanding what it's about. You know, I, I think there's great opportunity there. We've all sort of pandered to the Enthusiast and the power user, and and it's great. And we've saturated those consumers. They they have options, but I think we still have some room on either side, the wellness side and on the novice side, to bring new users in and really experience what this category has to offer.
0: Yeah, while not forgetting about those others that are like driving the sector now, including some products you guys are putting out that people just can't get enough of, I think.
1: Yes, actually, you know, I do want to also talk about the the recent acquisition OGI did with the Edibles Infusion uh, Corp. So uh, great technology in in candy making and experience and all of a sudden applying that to the space, you know, highly automated, really quality products. I, I think this is the edibles market will continue to grow. We have not only sugar gummies, but sugar-free gummies. And and the opportunity to look at some of the not only CBD and THC, but maybe CBN and those kind of things. I think there's great opportunity to continue to build that space. Um, and so another thing that I think OGI did really well, uh, an area that they could continue to build and add, you know, get a, a quality facility that adds to their capabilities.
0: Yeah, well, there's just, it's, it's exciting. I feel like we could do this all day, every day. I mean, you're probably busier. I could do this all day everywhere. You most certainly could not, um, but I want to thank you. Congratulations on the new role. We hope this is the first, but not the last time we get to connect. And uh, thank you for making time.
1: You're very welcome. I've enjoyed it and I'd love to connect again. Have a Absolutely. good day. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. All right, bye-bye. That was Bina Goldberg, the CEO of Organogram. If you like this program, please rate and review us wherever you found us. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of our ongoing partners, including Alternate Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, Headset, and Torka Main. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com.